Welcome to Dissecting the 80s. I am Trip Lano, one half of the Mega Podcasting Powers, and with me, as always, is the birthday boy, a man whose heart is on fire today, the Macho Mandrew. Andrew Lano. On fire? Heart's on fire? Elvira. Oh, I was like, huh? I was like, if he doesn't know this, I hope he repeats the line so it tees <laughs> me up to do that part. It's like, I'm not going to play this. Uh, yes, we, uh, we're celebrating your birthday in February. I can't remember. You say February. I, I prefer February. Okay. Yeah. Uh, well, in any case, uh, we no longer do the fours, even though the new uh, year expansion has probably given us a couple extras. Probably. It's now our favorite movies because we were both born this month. So it's a little birthday treat for each of us. We get to pick one of our all time faves. So we watched Elvira, Mistress of the Dark. So you know what that means. We got to go back. We gotta go dissect the '80s. It's your boob. Something's gonna take two. I knew I was gonna fuck that up. I'm leaving this all in, by the way. We gotta go back. We gotta go dissect the '80s. It's your boob. Someone's gotta put the boob back in boob tube. When the mega powers explode. I'm talking about the '80s. Great Scott. Cream of the crop. Oh yeah. Power, yeah. When this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're gonna see some serious shit. So this is the first time I saw this movie. Uh-huh. You have not yeah. texted me a single reaction, which makes me think you don't like it. No, so this is this is where I land with Elvira. I'm not a big I love the idea of horror hosts. Like the idea I find delightful. Mm-hmm. Any, 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 any of them. This is just, this is not Elvira specific as any of them. And I actually watch them, but most of the time I'm like, yeah, I don't really care about this, which is like, it feels like it, it feels like something that should be so exactly for me, but it's, it's, I don't know what it is. It just like, I, I feel the same way about, um, Joe Bob Briggs and, uh, like, uh, uh what's the guy? Gosh, Gooley, Sven Gooley. Oh Sven yeah. Gooley. Um, where I'm just like, I get what we're doing, but I'm not, I just don't go all the way in for whatever reason. That's me. It's like something I think I should like. And then like in the abstract, if you ask me, I'm like, yeah, that thing sounds cool. I'd like that. And then I watch them and I'm always just like, I guess I don't like this thing, which is weird to me because this is essentially what we do on this podcast. It is. Well, also, it's just like they basically introduce the movie, have a few bumpers for commercial breaks and then say something. Mm -hmm. They're not like, it's not like a pop-up video. So it's a very right, inobtrusive right, right, right. way to to host quote unquote yeah, a movie. Well, yeah. Yeah. The the ones the the I feel like I liked it back in the commercial television era. And so now when it's like streaming, I just feel like you're interrupting my movie. That's Whereas fair. like before the movie was being interrupted. Because I remember I do remember watching Monster Vision with Joe Bob Briggs, and I'm sure Elvira guessed it on that. I would be shocked to find out that she did. Yeah. Uh, I, I did not look that up, but my, whatever. Maybe Joe Bob hates her. I don't know. No, there's a picture uh, of them together in her book. Yeah, I mean, I, they, they, it's like there's just no way. It's like when your job is that niche, you have to be friends with the other people yeah. in the industry, unless they're creeps, except which, for like, except know, for we'll get into them. The the vampira and Elvira, Vamp- vampira hated her. Well, that makes sense because of like the horrible way women get treated in the industry. That it's very much like I I crawled through broken glass to get here, and now you can you can get here. I don't think so. Like it doesn't shock me that they would dislike each other in an industry that's so anti women. But I don't want to put words in anybody's mouth. I didn't read the book. You did. Uh, so so I was like a little predisposed to like I don't think I'm gonna like this thing. But 
but I mostly like this movie. I, I don't love this movie. I know you love this movie. But the other thing that that really, and this has nothing to do with Elvira, but I just, I, uh, you know, this is a soapbox that I have built and occasionally I climb upon. Okay. If you're going to do a main character who's like quip, 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 this is the movie you need to make. Like Elvira constantly making jokes that break the reality of the movie are fine here. Yeah. Like makes total sense. It's within the bound. Like this is a movie where that makes very Mel Brooks energy, like Pee Wee Herman world Muppets stuff. And I like this movie. Like I, I, to be clear, I like this movie, but all the time watching this, all I could think about is how like, this is every character in every blockbuster now, because we all have Joss Whedon disease. And it's just like, well, if you don't care about this, why do I care about this? And it just kept reminding me of something I disliked and being like, oh, Boy, I hate when other movies do this thing that you're doing well and efficiently. So I just, it just, that's, that's the two thoughts rattling around in my brain. Huh. I mean, yeah, everything is, is stupid, quippy now and it's annoying because you're right, Joss Whedon ruined everything. But it's very much the thing of just like when you have the villain make a big, it's like, so, all right, a mild spoiler for the new Spider Man, like wait, extremely wait, mild spoiler. If you've seen the trailer, you know this happens. Okay. So <laughs> the villains from the old Spider Man movies come into this movie. Yes. Right. Like, you know that. And there's a sequence where one of the new Spider-Man people asks uh, Dr. Octopus, Dr. Octopus. Wait, is it Doc Ock? Yeah, that's uh, Dr. Octopus. No, it is. It is. It is. I just, it, it felt wrong at coming out of my mouth. They're like, Doc Ock is like talking to one of these characters and they're like, so what's your name? And he's like, Otto Octavius. And there's like a beat and then Zendaya and is Pete the other guy, the friend's name? I think. The, the, the heavier um, friend, Peter Parker's friend. The boy, they do Lego together. I know who you're talking about. I don't remember his name. I like that actor a lot. I think he's good. Nate, maybe his name is. It's a short name. It's probably not Pete because that would be Pete and Peter. Yeah, Pete would be nonsensical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, whatever. The the actor is good and I like him. Ned, maybe. It's a short name. It doesn't matter. This is, I'm getting off the rails. But they, they're like, so he's like, Otto Octavius. And it's just like, beat, beat. And then they're both like, what's your name? And it's like, I don't. Like, I don't want that's this. been his like, name I, yeah, right. for like, it's like 40 this, years, probably 30 years. Right. And it's, it's like, it's like, what are you doing? Like, this is all bullshit. And if you point out that it's bullshit, it all comes tumbling down. Also, like, it's a house of cards we're building and you're just poking at the foundation. Also, like, you're making the movie where you're bringing back original Sam Raimi Spider-Man and Andrew Garfield Spider-Man. Like, right. this is a fan service movie. Like, do you think right. the fans have a problem with Dr. Octopus? Why do you think I'm here? It's because I want to see my old friends. Yes. I don't want you to go, you, you're you stupid for liking this. What is the point of this? I don't, like, literally, I was like, I'm out on the Marvel movies, and then this one came out, and I was like, well, that's kind of a, that's ridiculous. Like, that's so ridiculous that it might come back around for me. And it's like, Tobey Maguire's getting a paycheck. I basically like, want to see that, head. and then Multiverse of Madness, because I love Wanda. And, like, that's it. I'm like, what a... Give, tell me what movies are going to be a thread line for the one thing yeah. I give a shit about. And that's what I'll go see. Yeah. yeah. And so I just, but anyway, so the whole time listening to Elvira, like quip, 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 uh, I was like, oh man, this is like a disease that has ruined movies for me. So anyway, I'm going to get off my soapbox and we'll talk about this movie, which I want to re- reiterate that I do like this movie. I don't love this movie, but I like this movie. I think it's quite entertaining. So uh, I'm sorry for for building a whole big wall at the beginning of it. That people are like, oh, what is this nonsense? But that, that I just I just I was thinking about the whole time of just like the way she talks in this movie is every single character in every single blockbuster. It's The Rock in Jungle Cruise. It's it's uh, Emily Blunt in the Jungle Cruise. It's it's like every single one of these movies is just poisoned by the quip monster and just like not everybody it used to be we had 
occasionally you would have a quip person. And then every movie yes, had yeah. one quip person. And then all of a sudden yeah. there were a couple quip people. And now everyone's a quip yeah. person. Yes, it's like they live. Yeah. They're all quip people. I if, if if I never ever see a movie again where something happens and a character turns to another and is like, they fly now. It's like I that is not a joke that you I gotta get me Wars, one of these. Please, thank you. I'm sorry. I'm a hundred years. Yeah, yeah. I that is fine actually because that was 1996 and it was original and he was like yeah, but a quippy. Action now hero it's just is like okay. They're all Will Smith. Yes. In, in that movie, like there's no Jeff Goldblum or They're the all Will Quaid. Smiths. There's no Quaids. <laughs> Yeah, we don't have we have just five Will Smiths in the movie. Anyway, I'm gonna get off my soapbox. I'm talking about this movie that's pretty good. Uh, How do you feel about '50s monster movies? I guess that's the other part that goes um, with the horror host. So I I discovered about myself in recent history that I do like giant monster movies. Um, mm. uh, there there's something like very fun and just like escapist about them. Like obviously there sure. is a lot of metaphor to be drawn. Like Godzilla is very clearly a metaphor for you know the atomic warfare and i know that but i can also just look at the surface level that's a big lizard like it's nice and so i do enjoy those i haven't seen a lot of um other ones that are like not not giants ones like this like an alien comes to earth i haven't seen a lot of those yeah yeah like a giant yeah the crab creatures alien from this movie the the, the black and white 50 yeah 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 because I like, it's like, that's another thing where it's like, I like the aesthetic of this and then I don't think I like I would I would much rather have a book of images from movies like this that I could flip through at my leisure than actually like sit and watch, you know, an hour and 45 minutes of it or whatever. Yeah, I, I, I always think there's like, a, there's a, I, we, all we do is talk about theme parks on this podcast, which is fine. Uh, there's a restaurant in uh, Hollywood Studios in, in Disney World parks that's uh, got, uh, you sit in like a fake convertible and you eat milkshakes and burgers and they have like a, a new, like a 45 minute program. It's like clips of movies like this. Yeah. It's like, that's exactly that's the sweet spot. This is that <laughs> like, this is, this is, this is my exact appetite. It's like, can you give me like a sizzle reel of like 25 minutes long? Like, yeah, hell yeah. Give me that. And then I, you try to watch the movie and you're like, holy cow, this and is long, annoying yeah. and boring. So that's, yeah. Which is why I get like, that's why these horror hosts existed, right? Like the, the, the genesis of these, and Elvira was one of many of them, was that they had these really cheap monster movies that they would sell to television stations across the country. And usually it was the weather person would slap on some some um, corpse paint and and a you know Dracula cape and be like, hello, I am Dr. Shakula. Welcome to my horror theater. <laughs> and like that was the yeah. extent of the bit. And they would, you know, do do a couple intros. They'd film it and they'd slap it around the movie and then they would cut these movies down to fit in like sometimes I've I've heard I have not, you know, I don't have any evidence this, but I've heard they would fit them into an hour slot with the horror interstitials. So I don't know how long the movies were to begin with, but they they really cut them down, I think. That's crazy. I never stuff. I had not heard about an hour. And so yeah, they were on late at night and on the weekends, and so it was like teenagers and the weirdos watched them, and that's like sort of yeah. the audience for this stuff is like the the folks who are up late drunk or stoned or doing you know unable to sleep uh who are like you know watching a horror movie at 1 a.m on yeah. chiller theater frankly i think i've always said that um because there are some streaming services that do this i wish netflix just had or like hulu or whatever just had like a channel that like you could just put it on and they're like yeah. we we're just pre-programming random things like 
in the morning, it's going to be something right. family friendly. In the afternoon, it's going to be an action. At night, it's like, you don't know what it's going to be, but it's just, if you just want some noise, you can throw this on. And I right. think that would be a really cool idea. And then like for quote unquote commercials, they can just show like trailers for other things currently on Netflix. And like, that yeah, would be a great yeah. use I, of a current horror host to be like, we're going to have some fun and like whatever, but the, the commercials that they're interstitialing are just the trailers for other things you can watch on our service. Yeah, exactly. They they did some, some of them do that. Like you said, like Shutter does it. And I remember probably two or three years ago on Halloween, we had given out candy to the kids. My fiance went to sleep. I was like coming downstairs to put a movie on. I wasn't a hundred percent sure what I was going to watch. I think we had, for some reason, maybe that was a year. Like we didn't watch Halloween and it was on the shutters. Like it was their, their live channel. And it was like three quarters of the way through it. And I was like, this is kind of fun. Like someone else is watching this with me at the same moment is like a weird yeah. Uh, warmth that I have as a person who grew up with television that way. And like I said before, like we have an antenna very occasionally, if I'm up and I remember, like, I'll throw SNL on and watch it until, like, the commercial break comes on. And then I'm like, oh, I don't want to watch commercials. So I just put something else on. But it's like, I'll watch a chunk of it. And it's just like, oh, like, a bunch of other people are watching this with me at the same time. is like a, yeah. a nice feeling. So, like, I get that. And and the horror host builds a community to beyond that. So, like, all that stuff is, is nice, exactly. I think. Did you catch the cameo from our good friend? Uh, a very young Dick Miller. Yeah. Really? He's in Where the black and white movie there? that they watched in the beginning. I was like, wait, how can a very young Dick Miller be in something in 86? I missed him. That bums me out, man. Yeah, it's literally in the first like out. four minutes or whatever. He's you can, he's okay. very young, but you can see that he's still got that jaw. That that jaw meant for a violin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. I mean, he was like oh, a he's super handsome. handsome dude. And then be, and then he just became a ruggedly handsome dude, you know, yeah. just like a different kind. So so Elvira's hosting this this midnight movie. It's like a weird alien crab monster yeah. creature. Uh, it's it's really delightfully silly looking. They do like they set it on fire. Like you know, someone got hurt. Looking. Like you know, yeah. Oh <laughs> yes, yeah, somebody. Whoever was inside that suit got burnt very uh-huh. badly. Uh, and so like the the show and the movie ends and Elvira is doing her outro and they're like just des- they're, they're practically like throwing a rope around her and dragging her off screen because she's kind of you know she's vamping a yeah. little and she's going too long and the news is about to start and as they're doing that they introduce a I'm, I honestly like they dispatch with him quickly because he got too gross but when we first see this guy walk on screen the Texan man this very large man Yes, very, very large man in a comically Texan uh, Western shirt and cowboy hat. I was like, oh, this guy looks like a Muppet villain. Yeah, <laughs> this is, that's her energy. This is, this is painted for the... Yeah, yeah, it's like, no, totally, totally. But I, I, like I said, I only know of her from the horror host stuff, which is like its own sort of different frequency than I thought the movie would be. And so the movie is a little bit different. She's a little... She's a little bit different energy as a horror host than as the protagonist of this, which yeah. is like, obviously you wouldn't want the horror host to be the protagonist. So I wasn't quite sure what we were doing. Cause like I said, never saw this, but the Muppet energy, I was like, Oh, I get it now. Like, I see what this is. Like he, he, I, I, my immediate thought was, okay, he's like closing down her program and we're going to do like a, we have to save the rec center and you know, she's going to get the advertisers who keep her show alive. And I was like, close yeah, I mean, to what it was the, i have to say the, the bones are there yeah yeah it's like i i, I kind of got the structure of what we were doing it's like okay it's gonna be like you know big oafish doofus doesn't get it and then she shows him the community and it's like and it's like yeah kind of yeah kind of there but I'm i mean that's basically the story of everything elvira did was that 
people there was always mm-hmm. like a core people of like studio execs or whatever that loved her like we're gonna bring you in, we're gonna do something and th- like the elvira show in 1993 they filmed a pilot it was about elvira and her she they, she and a, another like famous sitcom actress were two witches in a small town with a talking black cat and then and then their niece oh, came wow. to live with them <laughs> i think i know what and uh describing. this was 1993 and the the like the guy at nbc was like i love it like he went through all the way the day they were supposed to be selecting things he was sick and so an executive other guy came in and was like we can't put those tits on tv cancel it so it never made it to air and then three <laughs> years later sabrina the teenage witch which with the exact same premise was on the air sure except now it's caroline ray and uh i can't remember the uh uh broderick beth broderick yeah 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 uh-huh that's really funny. especially because salem the cat didn't talk in the original sabrina comics that's right he was that's a silent right. cat so yeah. she was like what the fuck y'all <laughs> you know what the other thing i think and this is all me not on elvira is like i get the the thing that she's doing by projecting a very se- she's, a, she's a sexy woman she's got her she's just very forward with her breasts and how she's like mostly naked and i always have this like well i don't i don't I, i'm a little above that aren't i like isn't that more for the cretins who like horror because like I, we've talked about this before is like almost everything i like i hate yeah, the fan fair. base of it's like like they're they're not people like you share this interest with me, which makes it seem like, oh, we should be friends. And then I meet them. and I'm like, oh, no, you're a fucking weirdo. Like, you're not a pleasant well, it's person because to be you around. fit in more with uh, Elvira's queer fan base. Yeah, yeah, maybe that's in this it. instance. Maybe that's it. But but I'm just like, I don't need her to be naked. Like, she's funny. She's already funny. Yeah, well, like, so, I don't need this. I don't so need she the actually um, so she was a go go dancer at age 16. And the or age fifteen, I think she was a go-go dancer, and her mom sewed all her costumes. And then at age seventeen, she all she wanted to do in life was be a Vegas showgirl. And at age seventeen, she was discovered mm-hmm. eating like sitting at, at a at a Vegas review, and was put in a show at age oh. seventeen. Right. It's like okay, well, I have accomplished all of my uh-huh, goals. Yeah. Now what? Her, I read her book. It's it's a fucking ride. She went on a date with Elvis. She went on a date with Tom Jones. Turns out he was an asshole, allegedly. Obviously, everything's alleged because her word. It's yeah. a trip. Yeah, I, I, I uh, hope you'll sprinkle those in uh, as we go. My coworker was reading the book and was like, "Oh, do you do you want to borrow it?" And I was like, "Actually, I bought it for my brother for Christmas." So at some point, I'll get to uh, I'll get to to read it. I think, but I have it on hold from the library now. So apparently, uh, she's so she literally says her uh, her unpleasant dreams like sign off. And she barely gets out the wave at the end when the weather map crashes down. Yeah. Which was apparently was basically how they filmed the show. They were like, the, the, we have the news at one and then the news at five. So you have between three and five to film, or two and five or whatever, to film everything you need. And whenever you don't finish at five, tough titties. <laughs> it's crazy to me that that was ever done live. Like, no, it was, it was filmed. It would a lot more sense to use that. They were like, you, oh, you're filming okay, everything okay. now, but like, if you don't finish, figure it out. Right. Because it's like, you you could probably use a three-hour block and film interstitials for six mm-hmm. movies. So she did that. She's done that, but like, gotcha, it was gotcha. sort of like okay. cramming everything in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so this guy, he's like the new the new boss, and he's immediately a pig. This is one little quibble I have with this movie, is like, I know that we're playing in a space much like the world I created for James Bond, where it's like, 
look, you just have to accept that the base reality is everybody yeah. wants to have sex with James Bond and it's okay and whatever. It's like every dude in this movie except Bob is a fucking monster. And I was just like, look, I know men are trash, but this is like <laughs> a little bit over the top. I hope this is over the top. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it it's probably, probably not too far off for her reality. I'm probably just naive. Yeah, I'm probably not. I'm just probably very naive. But I was just like, God damn it. Like this woman can't take a sneeze without a man yeah. trying to well, touch her. The other thing I will say, which is probably true yeah. because men are trash. Look, I'm aware. Like, if you're out there listening and nodding, like, yeah, you're yeah, an yeah. Idiot. Like, I get it. I understand. But it's just like, shit. I hope this so is. So, when it. she was 18 months old, I think it was 18 months, very, like, very young, she was unsupervised in the kitchen and knocked a pot of boiling water onto herself. And so, a third of her body is covered in scars. And. Yeah, I, I've heard that anecdote. And my question to you is the, what it's, third? it's all on her because back. I, Oh, okay. I was like, because you see so, pretty she much She always says that she designed Elvira. the Elvira costume to show off the good parts. And when she was working as like naked showgirl, go-go girl, it was, mm. she was like, I was covered in pancake makeup. So I had to get there like two hours before everybody else. Because she had a bunch of skin grafts and experimental oh, treatments. Wow. wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure that's like brutally painful and stuff. But you, it makes sense that you say it's on her back. Because I was just like, she is like almost naked for pretty much this entire she's actually like, this so movie's rated that's PG-13. the thing about her costume is that like because it is so revealing for what it reveals it's like texas chainsaw massacre how you're like that was super bloody but like it wasn't your brain just sort of fixed it filled everything else like she has yeah all of her like inner boob showing even the bottom part and then all yeah. the way up one leg and that's kind of it but like well, then later at the end, she's like doing burlesque. Oh, stuff. at the she's very doing, end, like, yeah, when she know, does her Vegas showgirl routine, but and, like you know, like lingerie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, well, I'm just saying throughout this movie, like she's in the bath at one point. I'm just saying you see most of Elvira in Elvira the motion picture. And I'm pretty sure if you wanted to see all of Elvira, that so exists. It like, does, but sure it, it does, but done. she didn't. She it, she didn't super consent like. She would made stupid decision, like it made a foolish decision because someone promised her that they weren't going to do something, and then they did. Uh, so, the one time she was gosh. offered to do Playboy as like when she became Elvira, she turned it down because her she was like part of the whole like a like mystique is that fans can't see everything. Right, right, right. Which yeah. makes sense. Uh, I, yeah. Anyway, um, so this dude is like. <laughs> He just straight up grabs her breast. She's like, Christ. Uh, she stops him in the foot with the heel, which is a good good little bit of business. And then I love that she pushes him and he takes like a wrestler fall through a, <laughs> through a, table, a cardboard and plywood. News. Yeah, yeah. It just like blows up apart. There, there's a there, that's like a recurring gag in, in pro wrestling. Like the table breaks, you know, they're designed to break safely. And people like some people get their hackles up about that. And I'm like, you idiot. <laughs> it's like it's visually it's supposed to be, it's a visual medium. It's yeah. supposed to blow up like it looks cool. And I love so she goes into her dressing room to change and she's behind the little this, it's there's so many stupid bits, which like it's it's very Mel Brooksy to me. Yes, because uh, sure, she was in the sure. Groundlings, so she has a lot of like she was with Phil Hart, she was friends with Phil Hartman and Edie McClurg, Paul Rubens, yeah, yeah. like big heavy hitters. It makes total sense because the Groundlings is very character based comedy. Like people come out of the Groundlings have good characters. Elvira is like a character, yeah, a great character. She's they they saw her do because she had a Valley Girl character, and they're like they went to see mm -hmm. her and kind of like did the like let me pick let me hold up a black wig and like 
Okay, yep. Because uh-huh, uh-huh. up until the Elvira started doing horror hosting, a lot of the hosts that were women were just like sexy, breathy, vampy. And then she opened her yeah, mouth and yeah. she was a valley girl. And it was different and interesting and funny. Um, but she yeah. goes into her dressing room to change. She's behind the little curtain, like throwing stockings over and whatever. And then she comes out. She comes out around the curtain wearing the exact same dress, and it's it's so perfectly stupid. Yes. Yeah, it's also preceded by like she throws twice as many things over the top of the. It's not a curtain. The, it's one of those the like, foldy that have walls. A name, but I, it's like room yeah, divider, like a like a French. Yeah, like a, I think of it as like a French thing. Yeah. I don't know why, but it's like you know. Uh, Every movie French, where a woman changes, <laughs> mostly yes. period yeah. pieces. But she throws like, tf- yeah, yeah, yeah. She throws like forty pieces of lingerie over the top of this thing. Like this guy just keeps catching. It's like she throws like four or five pairs yeah. of underwear over, and he, he just keeps catching them. It's just like, oh, okay, I get. I, I like with the, I like the business we're doing. And here. so she was like, I'm leaving anyways to do my Vegas show, and then her manager tells her that she has to she has to cough up fifty thousand dollars to help cover, and I was like. That seems like a lot. Like, what is the, what is the casino yes. putting up then? Yeah. the The other thing too is like, I the whole time I'm like, this isn't really a Vegas show. Like, what is she doing in the Vegas show? And then we see the Vegas show, and I was like, well, this is like a completely different thing than you were doing. I don't doubt that you have. I'm not being like, oh, she's a Mary Sue, but it's just weird to me that it's like the big thing she wants to get is completely different from what she does, and we never yeah. see her do it. Right. Like there's not like I would having seen this whole movie now, I would have expected part of the like big showdown scene would to be her to do some showgirl dancing or something yeah. like that. You know, or like I mean? do the tassel twirl. So it's like like a plane or something. Yeah. 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 Something ridiculous with it. I was just surprised that it's just like, oh, no, I just a different thing. I which also do. which I kind of love. That it's sort of like if Captain America at the end of the movie was like, and now I'm going to get into Needlepoint. The whole point. Yeah, the whole point was to be a tap dancer. I like the idea that, like, I work on this thing. My my hustle to support my dream is also very impractical. Mm -hmm. So she needs 50K. She gets a telegram from a dead aunt. Classic, you know, silly, uh, ridiculous. It's right out of the movie Mm -hmm. she's making fun of. Uh, And then they do, like, a fourth wall break of she's like, well, isn't that convenient? Is that timing or what? Which I liked a lot. And then... And then yeah, she has a fantasy like, where it's okay. her inheritance is the showcase showdown on Wheel of Fortune. Yes, or Price and, is Right. I, it's a diff. It's very. It to me, it read very Price is Right, but it. I think it's sort of like generic uh, game show from that era because it's not. It's not Bob Barker and it's not Rod, no. Roddy who are doing the the things, but it, it is a guy that she names that I didn't recognize. I, I like I recognize the name, but I yeah. didn't recognize the man who walked through the prizes. So the other thing I thought that was funny is like. He rolls through these prizes and I thought we were getting like this was going to flip and we were going to be Elvira was going to be listening to the guy reading out the estate. And it was like a sailboat, a house and a car. And then we get there and we see it and it's like a decrepit oh, old sailboat that house is falling down and it's a jalopy. Yeah, I was that would have been like that in my mind. I was like, OK, we're doing a Muppet thing. So it's like you get a sailboat and a house and a car and you get there and the sailboat is just a like ship in a bottle destroyed. You know, the, the yeah. Or like the mast is broken in half and like the car is like the monster mobile mm-hmm. or whatever. The Dragula or whatever. Um, so she has to go across country in the uh, the macabre mobile. It's a nice via. It's a it's a I love it. It, it, it did not run like <laughs> she was like, basically, it could go like. 15 feet before it stopped 
<laughs> so most of the time it was just like hitched ah. to things or it was just like, you know, s- like stationary. On yeah. a flatbed. So she was like, that was not a practical car. And, but I love that it's, not, it's got like a, the, the steering wheel is super tiny and it looks like it's made of a of chain and then there's barbed wire mm. around the, the mirror. It's fun. It's a snow, it's a snow leopard print yeah. for the seats. Very lavish. She picks up an axe murderer and then like it does like a cutaway and cut back and he has no clothes and he's screaming and running away and she throws yeah. the axe after it's, him. Yeah, it's fine. Um, Oh, and then she gets like a million speeding tickets, which is it's also, also like funny. so. I love like vaudeville jokes, and that is ex- mm-hmm. well, we both do because we're dorks yeah. like theme parks. <laughs> That's like very much the what that is, and we like the Muppets again because it's that so. Same when the shit. the cop pulls her over, he says, "Do you know you were doing you know fifty five and a 30? And her response is, "No, but if you hum a few bars, I'll fake it," which like is my favorite stupid joke. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's exactly what I was talking about with the quips. We're like, I think that joke's very funny in this movie. I like it a ton. But it's just like, oh man, this is like it just kept reminding me of shit that I hated, which bummed me out because I like this movie. But I was yeah. like, Ew. today that movie would it would just be like an echo of everyone trying to say that joke. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah. Uh, and so she goes to the gas station to get gas. She's so 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 Elvira is very much like the the dark the dark the dark mirror of Dolly Parton. We're like. She knows the jokes. Uh, she the knows what energy. she is, and she knows what yeah, she's doing. Exactly. So, like, she drops a hot dog covered in mustard on her boobs, and there's a close-up of it. And then she, like, wipes the windshield, and it's just, like, squishing her boobs on... Is it a ham? Right, right. Or eggs? Right. What do people call it when you put boobs on a, on a window? <laughs> You're thinking of pressed ham, which is when someone puts I think, their butt on I think you call it... I think I they think call it egg, fried eggs when it's boobs. I, I mean, maybe. I I've not heard that term. I wouldn't doubt that it exists. I've heard pressed ham, which is like a butt yeah. against a window. And the guy at the gas station is her writing partner, who also, uh, who, so he wrote the movie with her, but he's also like kind of an actor in his own right, and he's done other things. He was in Seinfeld. He was a, a well-known recurring character on Seinfeld, only three times. He was which the character? boyfriend of the angry gay guy who said, who doesn't want to wear the ribbon? And then stole the. Oh yeah! Because uh-huh, I was like, uh-huh. I like was looking him up. He died last year. Um, and she, it was like he was Cedric of Bob and Cedric or whatever on Seinfeld. And I was like, I don't remember the gay couple on Seinfeld. And I was like, Oh, they were the ones, the street thugs. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I really like this whole bit of business with the gas station where it's supposed to be full service and she has to pump her own gas and that's what leads to this guy's demise. But the part that I really delight in, and I ended up looking this up and seeing it on the soundtrack, it's a fellow improviser. There's a country song on, I'm sure they were like, we need a song and it's cheaper to write one than to to have one made. But did you catch the song? Have you caught the song? Do you know what I'm talking about? So next time you're watching it, you should listen because the song that's playing in the background is... Chicken fried steak, chicken fried steak. <laughs> Never anything as tasty as a chicken fried steak. It's like that level of lyrics, but most of the lyrics are just like chicken fried. So it's like steak. a jingle like, that someone turned uh, like, like a jingle for the new chicken fried steak <laughs> at a at, at Golden Corral. Uh-huh. It's now a four minute song. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's like the guy wrote like. 17 lines but he had to fill four minutes he's like i just guess copy paste is what we'll do here and so it's elvira's like like you know she's cleaning the windshield her boobs are on the glass and it's like chicken fried steak and then we cut to like she's putting the gas in the car and i'll have to watch that scene again fried steak 
It's very, very uh, They sudden. also couldn't do anything to that gas station, so when it explodes in a minute, they actually just lined up all the explosives like 10, 15 feet in front of it, so it looks like it's blowing up, but it's actually not. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. It did have sort of a rear projection quality to it, so I wasn't mm-hmm. quite sure what, what the shot was, but it definitely looked yeah. like a real explosion. Uh, so she finally makes it to Falwell, Massachusetts, uh, where her aunt lived. And uh, friend of the pod, the wizard master from Dream Warriors is here. Oh, that's right. As well as uh, our old pal Edie McClure. She is a delight. <laughs> really, really. This, like, she's another mm-hmm. groundling, I believe. Yeah, they were friends. Yeah. Yeah. Th- so she's very, she is playing. It's like, she's the type of person who you really wish got different opportunities because she's so good at this one thing. They just kept bringing her in to mm-hmm. do this one thing. And I'm sure this one is like, you know, Elvira and her work together at the groundlings she probably knows so this apparently this like obviously not this extreme but like Edie always was a little bit of a not stick in the mud but always sort of like you're gonna you're gonna put on clothes right or like something uh-huh. little things are <laughs> so i was like yeah you have to yeah. be chastity pariah yeah 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 i mean it makes total sense but chastity pariah like is a more tuned up version of grace from ferris bueller but the energy yes. is the same that's so i thought that's just sort of her trademarked brand of energy right well i like i i don't get the impression that grace and ferris bueller is such an anti-sex person as as no chastity is like there's no indication of that but that but the otherwise the energy of the characters is like kind of dumb and and like energetically yeah. dumb i guess i wish i wish you could have an energy drink that was like mcclurge surge <laughs> and it's just like her with the hair the big the big 80s hair like ooh. <laughs> I'm surprised, honestly, that there hasn't been, uh, in in the way that these stupid NFTs have taken over our whole life, that there hasn't been just somebody going like, ah, I'm going to do like shitty Andy Warhol images of famous people from the yeah. 90s, you know? It's just like, it variations on Edie McClurg. God, NFTs make me so mad. Yeah, we don't have to go It's the same it. thing as the stupid just, 90s buy a star it. scams. It's the yeah, exact it's same thing. literally exactly thing. the same. It is the exact same scape, yeah. Except that was at least a dumb certificate you bought for $50 that was like, I think everybody, most people understood yeah. it was stupid. Like, it was like, hey, this is kind of a dumb thing, but it's cute, right? Anyway, uh, Elvira checks into uh, her, her car. Her car has a huge problem when she gets to town. The, the hood ejects off of it. Uh, so she needs to get pushed to a service station. Um this guy comes back at the end of the movie, and I kept waiting for it to be tied into the whole magic thing, and was really surprised. Oh, I didn't think he needed wasn't. to be. I think he was just a slightly horny old man at the guest at the at the service station. Well, it's like it, at the very end, he's like, "Oh, don't worry, we'll work something out," and he kind of winks, and I'm like, "Well, that's not like what do you what he do you didn't, mean by that?" If he was licking his elaborate? lips, I feel like that would have been more in line with what we were thinking. But so yeah. this. The studio made them put teens in the movie. They didn't want to. The studio was like, we need oh, okay. teens to come see it. And they were like, well, what about, I don't know, Indiana Jones and Jaws at every other movie <laughs> yeah, that doesn't yeah, have yeah. teens in it. And they're like, no, we got to put teens in. Yeah. And one teenager came into audition and Elvira was like, he was so cute. I wrote yum yum next to his name. And then I realized I couldn't cast him because I would never look at Bob if this teen was around. And that teen, <laughs> that quote unquote teen was Brad Pitt. <laughs> what was he like 27 uh he, he was it was 89 so he probably was in his 20s he later bought her house yeah yeah really that's funny yeah i it's funny you say that because it makes no sense and also it seems perfectly intense. yeah it's sort of like i 
I guess they they're here, but like I didn't need them to be here. Right, right. It's it's one of the rare times when you see a studio note and you're like, oh, that sucks. I but also, get like, it. It, this didn't actively, yeah, it didn't make this movie worse to have her have an army of teens. And like, also, I to me, it was like she's kind of representing counterculture in a stuffy town, and the people who would be into that yeah. would be the teenagers, right? Like, it's not. It would make no sense if adults, if all the adults were like, yeah, there's nothing wrong with this lady. We're all being squares. Like, yeah, this is stupid. I think the I think the, what she says sort of like hurt the movie was that a lot of the reviews said there were too many characters and not enough time to develop them, and she was like, yeah, she was like a lot of that was the fact that we had to shove like five teens in that I was like, I didn't, I don't care. Yeah, like fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it would have made more sense, honestly, if it was just Robin who we meet momentarily and Robin and Elvira had a relationship and Elvira, Robin was like, hey, help it me. Should have been, my I feel like it should have been know, Robin and the boy she liked were the only two we really met and everyone else was like tertiary. And then that would have right. been, I think that would have been a little smoother for her. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. So she checks into this motel. This is where she meets Robin. Um, there's the, she, the, Robin helps her to her room, and uh, the old lady who runs the motel doesn't want anything to do with Elvira. She's like almost not willing to let her stay there, which is kind of ridiculous. And then uh, they go to the bowling alley, which is where it's the, the only thing to do in town. town. Right, right. Which later we see this bowling alley is on Main Street, which is wild to me. Like, it's such a loud business. Oh, I didn't the even idea think of it about being that. in the middle of a row of businesses. It's like, imagine you're getting your hair done next door and it's just constantly the sound of bowling pins getting crunked, crunkled down, knocked down. I don't know what the hell <laughs> word I just used, but just like that. Well, I was going to do the, I was going to try to make the noise <laughs> I, yeah. of bowling pins. I and I was like, you can't do that. <laughs> like, it's it's a very specific noise that I cannot do. But the like, you know, you know, cra- you know cra- crashing of bowling pins and bowling balls all day. I feel like it would drive you insane if you're like there trying to be a barber or like you're a banker. You're a bank teller as a stand there and just listening to bowling or pins all day. I think that we should have leaned into that bit because it's, it would have been like the, um, the bar next to the train track in, uh, in Roger rabbit. How like when the train goes by all the plates rattle and someone has to like put their head on it. Yeah. 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 Uh, but they, they, they don't serve liquor after eight. So she can't, uh, she can't get her bloody Mary. And then a dude hits on her. She rejects him. And his response is to lick her face. Well, did you see who the, one of the dudes was? Uh, yeah, two, like, goon it guys? was Jeff Conaway, who we've seen in something else, but he was in Grease and Pete's Dragon. Oh, what was that? I don't remember, but we totally referenced him because I was like, Jeff Conaway. Okay. I did not. I did not clock him. Uh, he's one of the two goons that works for yes. her uncle. We don't know that yet, but yes. Um, so yeah. they assault her because they're a man in this movie and she pulls the knife off her little belt and stabs him. And it's one of those like prop retractable knives. <laughs> which is such like yeah, yeah. a delightfully stupid thing to like in a fight i can't imagine doing that in a real fight like what the response would be i mean you'd get stabbed <laughs> the other person would well, have a yes. knife and they would stab assuming you, but think. assuming the other person didn't have a knife right uh so so big bob comes to the rescue and uh my name's elvira but you can call me tonight i love it yeah yeah, she starts hitting on him as aggressively as every man hits on Elvira in the movie. And for some reason, Bob is like not really interested in which I interested. But I was like, oh, is this going to be like Bob secretly gay? And he he's like her her pal like has has Elvira's LGBT connection gone back to the like, yes, always been there. And this is like kind of thing. And it's just like, no, just Bob is like, Bob just like her connection <laughs> has always been there because she got her. She was doing like 
queer gay stuff. She was in an act that toured bathhouses before she did Elvira. She had a shitload of gay friends. There's a really sad chapter about AIDS in her book about how much she was like, she was obviously she wasn't like centering herself on it, but she was like, I was very affected because I lost a lot of people, including the guy that Bob is named after Rob Redding, who like, Oh wow. Oh, that's a, he created the look for Elvira when this, yeah, he was a makeup artist. He was like ripped and jacked. There's a photo of him is he's got like 15 a 15 pack. (laughs) <laughs> but she, he he created the hair because the hair is inspired by Ronnie Spector, and then the the makeup is just like glam rocker. Yeah, um, I meant to mention this up top, but we we talked about this movie has sort of a Pee Wee Herman feel. The co-writer of this, uh, three people wrote the movie, but uh, one is Sandra Peterson, who's Elvira, and the other uh, main writer, uh, or I think main writer, was uh, the guy who played John. Yeah, that's Pee-wee that's John Spector. Paragon, who um, he was the one on Seinfeld. Mm-hmm. And right, also right, apparently right. was a prisoner in Pandemonium. Oh, that weirdo movie that was like a sketch comedy thing. Because uh-huh, I was like, uh-huh. you were in that yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah. Well, that makes total sense yeah. if he was a groundling because groundlings are sketch comedy. Yeah. Uh, so she starts. Uh, to, we go to the will reading, and she starts hugging the bewildered old people in the thing, and she's just like rubbing her <laughs> boobs on the old guy's face, who's like delighted by it, and his wife is hard. And then Uncle Vincent hates um, her because he didn't know she existed. Right, right. Uh, so we start um, we start reading the will, and she is doing uh, what I think most people would do if a distant relative they didn't know existed died in inside their head, which would be like, "Come on, big, big money, come, no come on, come on, come on, no whammies, big money, no whammies." Yeah, yeah. Except she's doing it out loud to the horror of the other because the the maid gets like an like a, a fancy expensive tea set and five thousand dollars. The driver gets a car mm-hmm. and five thousand dollars, and she's like. Uh, this is great. 10,000 for the help. I'm going to be rich. Yeah. And she gets a dog, a yeah, book and a yeah. house. Right. Which like feels more like a chore. Well, like I've given you a chore. Well, I mean, you just sell the house to whoever wants. Like you take it's like you take a you you take the house and you sell it and you make less than you possibly could have gotten and you just walk yeah, away. Yeah. I mean, also uh, we find out later Elvira is a witch. So, I get it. It was yeah. but you know, in the real world Bequeathing someone a house, a dog, and a book is just is a chore. <laughs> Here's a question for you though: Is Elvira a witch, or is Elvira able to use a ring for magic In powers? This movie canon, she is a witch. Okay, because I mostly was like, "You're the daughter of a witch, but you heretofore had no power, and now you know you can use the ring, so you just use it." So I always took it to me that like, because a lot of people always assumed she was a vampire, like when she was doing the original horror mm-hmm. hosting stuff, or like whatever. I think in this canon, she's supposed to actually be a witch. Okay, because I my my big question was like, if you or I put the ring on, could we do? This no, I don't think powers? so. Okay, because I thought I, my read was the opposite of yours, but that's fine. Um, the recipe book is the big MacGuffin for the movie. It's like everybody, you know. And then uh, after Elvira gets hers, the the lawyer says, and then uh, to my brother, I leave the rest of my estate and holdings, of which there is none. Yeah. You got to do yeah. that if you want someone to have nothing or they you can have to. The or you can leave, say, like, I leave them a penny. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so there's a really funny NPC in a modern video game moment when she leaves. She grabs the <laughs> yes. in the street and she like shakes him. She shakes him by the lapels. And then he's like, you're crazy. and goes like running down. And all I can think of is like Red Dead Redemption. If you bump into people on the street, it's like the exact <laughs> same thing that happens. We get the first of two like misunderstanding moments with Chastity Pariah walking by because 
Uncle Vincent's talking mm-hmm. to her in his car, and she's like leaning over talking to him. Obviously, what everyone you know, and everyone sort of interprets as a sex she's worker. Doing a pretty woman. Uh, and he's like, "I'll buy the book from you for fifty dollars." And Chastity Pariah walks by and hears a lot. Go, yeah, sure, I'll do it for fifty bucks. And she's horrified. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So she inherits the house from the Burbs, basically, or uh, uh, the, the Burbs or the Money Pit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's a little poodle which she shaves into like a punk rock poodle, yeah. which I quite liked. That's cute. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> she she's got the book, and she's like wanting to sell it to the uncle but then because the dog took it it, it like the dog grabs it and sticks it in the couch and this is one of the points of the movie where i was like all right like i know we're doing a silly silly movie and this is i'm thinking about this too hard but vincent starts doing this like big monologue business and i keep being like come on elvira you host movies with people in it like this you he's the bad guy he he's wearing a big neon sign that says i'm the bad guy and it was just like she doesn't pick up on it which is fine like it's for the movie and it's for the betterment of the movie and all that but i just like the tone of this movie i would have really liked it if she'd like cut to camera and that's a little suspicious he really seems like the villain of this picture doesn't he i think like it should have been that she shut the door on him and turned around to look at the camera and said that like Huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I was just like, you, you, your profession is to talk about movies with this character in it. Uh, so she gets ready for bed, and there's some peeping teens because it's the '80s. Yeah, yeah. They 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 fall off the house, which is pretty funny. She's got her. So she comes back. She's got the like the blue mask, like face mask on. Uh huh. Uh huh. It's like it's like a very move. I don't know what that product is, but I only know of it in mo- like women in movies put on this green gloop or blue gloop before they. So get it's sleep. funny. I don't I don't know of a specific product that does that, but um, when I worked at Lush, we one of our face masks was a bright blue thing, and I was always like, yeah, this oh, is the okay. one everyone's gonna get. It's either the one that smells like chocolate or this blue one because everyone's like, that's what a face mask looks like. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of the many things that movies have just like completely poisoned my brain about like how things work. It's just like, oh, yeah, whatever the goop you put on your face is this like thick blue cream. That's what older older women put on their face every night. And it's like, I don't know any woman ever. As someone who does a lot of face masks and skincare, none of mine are blue. But it's not just I guess I've done like a I've done the like you put the little thing on your face like a then you peel it off thing like no, I've done the thick deals. the and thick goop like, that you sit and then wash and then wipe oh, off. Okay, I've never I okay, I've never known anyone that you like put on an inch thick layer. Of it's this not an crap, inch thick, like, but you do a you do a nice solid layer. Okay, that's what I'm saying. In the movies it's like you took a big handful of Crisco and just went like on your face and i'm like it only a little bit of that is touching your skin why do you need such a thick thick layer of this product um there's also my favorite shot in the movie she's laying in bed after the after the kids fall out the window and it's this like overhead shot of her laying down like very like sleeping beauty ethereal centerfold pose um but she's her hair is just like tendrils and tentacles all around like all over the bed and it's it's yeah it's it's a centerfold type shot it's like a playboy shot except she has her but it doesn't on. feel like salacious oh i thought it felt i thought it felt sexual. more like ethereal like a greek goddess mm. kind of thing okay and then uh well apparently well, apparently only one of us is one of us one of us is into statues of women <laughs> uh she hears her name 
The best jokes are the ones you stumble over four times before you yeah. come out, right? That's that's the best way to deliver a joke. It's like homina, 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 homina. When you one of us has muted their mic each time, and we have to repeat the joke five times. Yeah. Uh, if that's the ideal, it's like uh, I thought of a I thought of a four out of ten joke. I'm going to step all over my own feet trying to say it. Uh, she hears her voice, and she goes through the attic, and she sees a creepy old lady, and then she wakes up in bed, and she's got the like toilet paper wrapped around to keep her hair intact. Yeah, it's it was really delightful. I, I we talked off air. I had just watched the uh, Murder on the Orient Express, and the Hercule Poirot Kenneth Branagh has this like mustache guard he wears in that movie, and it was very much leather. The same it's like of just like yeah, I what, gotta uh, my uh, Joan Crawford and Mommy Dearest. They're like all the straps to keep her face together. She's like a little leather strap around his yeah, mustache. Yeah, 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 yeah. But she's got this like it, to- it looks like toilet paper. It is. In place That's what they used to do. It's just very funny. You would wrap. Oh, you would wrap well, your head. Was it to keep the product? It was off the that, bed? and to like sort of keep your curls from getting crushed and squished. So like Dolly Parton, okay, Dolly Parton in Steel Magnolias makes the same joke where she says, "I wrap my whole head in toilet paper for bad." <laughs> so uh, we got a teens fixing stuff up montage. Yeah, I th- this is th- this part I really found delightful is like these teens are so bored in this footloose ass town that just the prospect of seeing some I guess it's not cleavage because they're not squished together but no, side boob is that uh, is it, from, I thought cleavage just meant like in the middle I thought cleavage is if they were pushed together I don't know because like okay let me let me go a little too nerdy for 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 words cleavage is also like how well a rock splits so I is it really thought it was like in reference to the Mm-hmm. I thought it was like if a, if a rock has a high level of cleavage, it means that when you hit it, it breaks very cleanly huh. in the sheets. Uh, this is this is what happens when you take geology in college. You learn. In, oh, I thought this was you being like a state park person. No, no. Uh, I I I know this because I took geology, and we all giggled about it. But so I always assumed it was like with the breasts pushed together, there's like a clear line between them, and it was like the the similar to I don't know. I just always assumed cleavage implied squished. Yeah, I never breasts. thought of it that way. Whatever the right word is, side boob or cleavage, which we're getting here with Elvira. And then she's got her uh, little pedal pushers like that with like that are open on the side, and I like want them. Yes. Yeah, and, and then she's, like, bending over and showing off her butt. But it's, like, these dudes are so horned up that they'll do manual labor just to see some side boob. And it's, like, dude, go some – one of you has to be able to acquire a playboy. <laughs> like, come on. Don't don't you have porn in the woods somewhere? <laughs> a, a, a hollow tree stump? Yeah. Uh, speaking of, I can't believe that I, I forgot to tell you this. I was out for a walk the other day. I was, there's, like, a park mm-hmm. near my house. And there was like a fashion magazine type magazine that had just been like exploded. Basically, it was just pages all over the place. It was right near a trash can. And so I was like, I was like, I'm going to grab this and throw the trash can. And I go to pick it up. And it's like, I was like, is that a naked person? And it was a woman. It was a, it was like an artsy shot of a topless woman, like overexposed, like not salacious. I mean, whatever. If if you find a naked woman salacious, I guess that's you, not me. But this was like a very clearly like artsy shot of it. In like a, like a Vogue. And I was just like. But, Something but, akin yeah. to a Vogue, yeah. It was, it wasn't Vogue, but it was like the front of the picture was the same. I think the same woman, like holding her baby, and it was like you know she was dressed like a professional, but holding this baby, and like the baby was like you know like kind of doing a wheelbarrow move yeah. under the table. It was like a cute picture, and in the back it was like 
an Ikea catalogy shot, except the artwork on the wall was like a huge framed blow up print of the topless woman. It looked like the same, the, the you only see her chin and the hair. And I was like, Oh, is that the same woman on the front of this? But I was just like, wow, I'm almost 35 and I'm seeing like rogue porn in the <laughs> woods. Basically. I didn't thought this, I thought this was a well, this well past. Yeah, this now that everyone has a cell phone. I figured that that was just done. Yeah, and it was like, did some like teenage boys steal this from his mom's house and then get into a fight with another teenage boy about ownership because it has boobs in <laughs> and it? And they ripped it. And I was like, no, it can't possibly be that. They probably have a cell phone. They can get all the yeah. boobs they want. Uh, in the end, the house looks like the up house. Yeah, it kind of looks like it's built by Lego when you're like, all right, I have this much red, <laughs> yes. this much yellow, this much blue. So there's just going to be sections of the house. Uh, so she, because she wants to sell the house, so she needs to fix it up. Uh, and then we meet mm. the morality council headed by chastity pariah and um oh was it morality council i did not catch that i thought it was just no they're the morality council okay. um and it's uh the the realtor of the group is like a yes i was like he's Kurt done Ford. other he's also like still doing stuff he's the um on psych he's the uh yes the current corner court jesus christ i can't say the correct corner right i think that's right Okay, I mean that is how you pronounce that. <laughs> my my brain, I think I might be have a str- having a stroke. My brain just like couldn't get that. I was like, nope, wrong, wrong, <laughs> wrong, wrong. And Edie McClure goes through all this whole list of like words, like the source words for slut. My- it, it's really good because the 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 setup of this this is probably my favorite joke of the movie because the setup is is one of the characters is like oh this they, I'm making it up I don't remember the exact line but they think oh this this temptress of Babylon and she's like oh we don't need to use a word like that there's you know we have to use clean language like and then she does she calls, she says a woman of easy alts. virtue which is like my favorite way to call a woman yes. call someone a slut that you're an easy virtue yeah, but then it yeah. ends with her going a cheap whore. Like she just loses all control. Yeah, yeah. She she keeps cranking it up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so the Kurt Fuller's like, I'm gonna help her. She's like, well, I'll get her out of town. I'll sell her house. But then, of course, he assaults her, and so she yeah. throws him out. And he's like, you'll never sell this without me. And I was like, but you wanted her gone. Like I thought the point was that yeah. you did want her gone. <laughs> it's like I want her gone and also yes. blow Jay. Um. <laughs> So no one shows up to the open house. So Elvira's like, I have to make money somehow. So I'll just try and get a job. So she is a montage of her walking into stores and getting turned away. And they have Edie McClurg and uh, another old woman on the council in like little circle insets on the phone with each other. And they crank their voice to chipmunk level. So it's like. I always want to like try like record it and slow it down just to see if I can make out what they're saying. Yeah, yeah. If you went down to like 0.25x, you could probably yeah. make this out. So she sees Bob, who lets her know that uh, Edie McClurg turned the whole town against her. That's why no one's hiring her. Um, and we get one of the most iconic lines from the movie, because she walks by as he's fixing the marquee. He works at the movie theater. We didn't say that. I think he owns the movie theater. Sure, yeah. He, he, yeah, he runs it. He owns it. Yeah. He, but he drops a letter. He drops a D on her head. And then says, how's your head? And she says, haven't had any complaints yet, which is like, it's so great. Yeah, yeah, it is very funny. And then this leads to her. She doesn't know how to yeah. spell matinee. Which it's is the only weird. thing that I was always and I've always thought was weird that she made her character because she's never made her character actually dumb. So, right. This is the only moment in the whole movie where Elvira yeah. is dumb. Um, and it's the second of the mi- uh, misunderstood misunderstandings with Chastity Pariah. Because she's, 
She's like, you have an extra E in matinee, Bob. And the movie he was putting up was like how to hunt duck or something. So it just says how to U-C-K. So she goes up and she grabs the E and stumbles. And like she's holding the bottom of it. And she like puts her hands on the sign to steady herself. And it looks like how to fuck. And <laughs> Jessica Pariah walks out of the church and is just like, oh, my God. It's the light, and, and Edie does like a real big theatrical faint, which is perfect. Yeah, for the thing like both the it's pet character and the moment. It's just like, yeah, exactly. That's exactly mm-hmm. what it would be. So Elvira, um, she needs a job, so she's job searching, and meanwhile the goons are searching her house, and one of the goons finds edible underwear upstairs and is like just snacking on it which i feel like is a joke i've seen in other movies and it's normally like a fat character so i was i was like pleased to see it not be a fat character here yeah it's funny because so i feel like i've seen uh, like in various sex shops i've seen the edible underwear spencer's always had it and it was like such a giggly thing because like spencer's i feel like was the sex ish shop that teens could get into and yes that stuff but i feel like it was always either like super like paper thin sort of fruit leather or like an actual like thick gummy was there was no in between for edible underwear it was always one of the two and i was like that just looks like wet weird paper i've never seen the the gummy one you're talking about i've only ever seen the fruit leathery or like uh, so the one in the movie is the very uh, very thin like melt in your mouth it's not like fruit it's not like fruit leather though it's more like fruit by the foot or what was the one that it came it was like uh, a fruit roll up it was rolled up yeah fruit roll is that up. what it was called okay i for some reason i was like it can't be called a fruit roll up because there's fruit by the foot seems like it would be well fruit it always it, it, it always looked like um that level like a breath strip it looks like it was just like dissolving your tongue oh okay i've never i've never you know opened them i just have seen the packaging but it always looked like the the fruit by the foot or the fruit roll up thing and i like even as a teen i was like I mean, 0% of these are worn by people, right? Like, this is just, like, a funny gift you give someone for, a, for like, embarrassing them in front of other people, right? Like, I'm, I'm sure. sure I've seen, right. I've also, I have seen like, them be made out of candy necklaces, okay. which probably that seems infinitely, infinitely worse, but okay. It seems like a good way to pinch parts of your body you don't want pinched. I mean, I guess. Or maybe you're into the pinching. I don't know. But it's just, like, those little candies, like, I, those used to pinch my neck sometimes. Well, you had a big neck. As a... As a person with a with big, a, with a beefy neck, Gaston like, neck, I, like that's a there's a te- that's a tender skin, your neck skin, and uh, the, the part where that's supposed to go if it's underwear is even more tender. <laughs> so, Elvira, did you do you remember? I'm sorry, I, this is quick. Do you remember people used to shoot those things? What do you mean? You would like you would like crack. I could never do it, but people would like break the candy off like in such a way to make a projectile, and they would hold it, and then they would launch the candies, and they could get like real like hard. They would zing hard enough that you would hear them break on the wall. So I don't remember that. I remember because I don't think I was ever like tooth dexterous enough to like just put a hole in it. I was they just cracked. Yeah, I could never do it. Yeah. There was like a hot minute where those were a trend in school. I don't remember what grade, but like kids were going gaga for the candy necklaces and candy bracelets. Well, I, if it was probably when I was in middle school when there was no food allowed anywhere outside of the cafeteria. <laughs> so it's like a like a little bit. Of yeah. So in high school, where there was like you know cared a little less, they probably were letting the candy necklaces yeah. slide. But if you wore a candy necklace or a ring pop to class in middle school, your ass was grass. 
It's like just the idea that like a kid eating a granola bar is such a big problem. Is like middle school is such a fucking it's a nightmare. weird wasteland because by the time you get to college, <laughs> I could have eaten like a turkey dinner in some of my college classes. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I mean, you would have been a complete maniac. Like no one would have cared. Um, so Elvira gets the idea to do a, a midnight horror host, which feels like a thing that I'm surprised I didn't hear more about being done. Just like a once in a while, like a. I don't think it was. I don't think this variant of this thing is all that common. Although I would love to. That's do the thing. It. Like I, I think it sounds fun. It's like obviously, that's not the peak way I would want to enjoy like an Elvira type. But like, hey, I'm right. gonna actually do a like you know riff tracks like live razzing seems fun. Right. Right. That's basically what she does. Yeah. Yeah. So she goes to get the kids to come, but because the principal has said that anyone who fraternizes with Elvira is expelled, they won't talk to her. So she delivers her great monologue where she says, make sure they know that I was more than just a great set of boobs. I was also a great pair of legs. And I have two yeah, simple words yeah. for everyone. Any two, as long as they're simple. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, very Mel Brooksy uh, dialogue. She and sure. Madeline Kahn probably uh, would have been friends. Meanwhile, we've gotten we, along well. Yeah, I would think so. Yeah, yeah. Uh, meanwhile, we find out Vince has like a secret lair and... Uh, He's got, you know, all sorts of weird voodoo or, you know, witchcrafty mumbo. He's officially evil now. Yeah. So the teens have been banned from Elvira, which is a delight. Yeah. And then she convinces them to go to her show. Right. She's like, you know, you you gotta, you gotta come. Because the one girl's like, if we all go, he can't expel all of us from school, which very good point. That's called a strike. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so we get this really funny montage of teens seeking out, which is like, I don't know. Do you know anyone who ever had a sneak out that wasn't just like out one of the doors no. of the house? I feel like this is exclusively. Mo- if you ever snuck out of your parents' house, uh, like out a window down a trellis or something along those lines, please tweet at us at Dissect the 80s. I would love to hear about it because I, I'm convinced this only exists in movies because like I never had any reason to sneak out because there was nothing to do. and I didn't really have a curfew at the time of when I've done it once or twice. Uh- I would go out the back door because there was no garage. At the, at the time that I like would have wanted to sneak out, I did not really have a curve. Like I, I was very, very rarely limited from unless I was like in, in trouble, which happened very, very rarely because I was a dork. But like very rarely did I have cause to want to sneak out. Now I get caught like going out to stargaze at our parents' house because the, apparently every door is alarmed. Our brother was like, oh, by the way, every time you go outside, it's like a huge noise that goes off. Yeah, like, ping oh, pings. God. I just... Yeah, I was like, I just wanted to look at the stars for a minute before I go to bed. There's, like, great stargazing there. I was like, oh, this is, like, a whole thing now. Yeah, I, I was not doing it when that, that was a thing, but I would just sneak out the yeah. back door because... this. Yeah, I I once snuck out with a friend. We were hungry, and it was late, and we were, like, his parent. He was like, my parents would probably be mad if we went to McDonald's, and it was, like, 2 o'clock in the morning, uh, and we, like got in the car and he put it in neutral and I like pushed it out of the driveway <laughs> and, we drove, and then we turned it on and drove and got the McDonald's and came back. But it was like dirt stupid. Like, like just, it was mostly like, I don't think there was any real consequences to having gotten caught. It was just like the fun of doing it sneakily was the part of yeah. it. Yeah. You know? But they're like holding their shoes as they jump out windows, doing the, if one kid jumps straight into a puddle and gets his socks wet. And if that was me, that would be the end. I'd be <laughs> like, I'm going home. I'm going to go home. Sorry. Towel off. Yep. Uh huh. Put new socks get back on in bed. I'm going to get out a book and I'm going to read it because <laughs> this is a huge mistake. 
So Elvira, I, I've, 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 tra- I've gotten to where like if I'm getting on a wet theme park ride, I'll take those socks off and put them in a pocket. And if my shoes get wet and I put dry socks on, it doesn't bother me. But if a sock gets wet, my day is ruined. Huh? I don't get on a lot of wet rides, and if I do, I, I put my shoes in, I, I put my feet in plastic bags. <laughs> I'll, I'll like, like if I, uh, if I do like Splash Mountain, I will like get on the ride and then put both of my feet into one bag. <laughs> idea of you putting them in a bag is so funny to me i don't know why <laughs> just picture you like pulling out a plastic grocery bag and like <laughs> in this vlog flume and then like putting your feet in it and tying it closed i don't know why this is killing me but it's just so damn funny yeah. i've not seen you do it and i can't it's just very silly so vira shows he's like hey put the gold glitter up there i ripped this off from flash dance gold glitter rains down on me and then um we forgot to mention that there's a woman who works at the bowling alley who has like a '60s bullet bra and loves and loves Bob right, too. Right, right. Patty is her name. Yeah, I think she yep. owns the bowling alley because it's Patty's tidy bowl. Oh, that does that that does seem right. Yeah. So someone like walks. She's snuck into the theater, and as someone walks by, you see her little shoes at the bottom of the curtain, and the camera pans up, and then her little bullet her bullet bra is sticking out of the sticking through the curtain too. Yes, very, very good. There's also a bit where she like adjusts her bra on the way in and the shadow changes in drastically. It's yeah. Like the first of a couple shadow gags in the movie. I think they're watching Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. It's that one or the sequel. I don't remember. Okay, yeah. Which I don't think I've ever actually seen, or if I have, I was neither a child. I've not seen either of them. I just know the uh, song, she, the novelty song. Yeah, right, right. But Elvira does like this whole flash dance routine that's very... Very body double heavy, it's, except for a part where they have her like doing a, I, it looks like a headstand, but I'm pretty sure she's just like lowering a piece of wood to the top of her head and back up. With it is my shot. favorite stupid bit of like just insert shots of like, this is a body double doing whatever. And then an insert shot of her uh, extreme close up of her face. It's so great because Ru- yes. RuPaul actually did the same bit a few years ago for her holiday special because everyone always makes fun of her for not actually like doing any of the things she critiques people for now. Yeah. So she yeah. was like, I'm going to do a lip sync, except it wasn't her at all. Like it was lip sync. And then it was oh. a dance and she turned around and it was like a body double doing whatever. And they just had like insert shots of her face. Nice. And then she pulls the rope at the end of flash dance to get the gold glitter. And she is tarred and feathered. Yes. Not what I was expecting here. I was sure this was pig's blood. No, I, I think that would have been for the small town would have been too much. Oh, I thought it would have just been like, a, I thought she would have made a joke about being Carrie or something like that. Mm. Apparently the, the, the height that they dropped this, it was watery paint. The height mm-hmm. that they dropped it from was so high that it like snapped her neck back. She didn't. Yeah, I'm sure it hurt like hell. She was like, I didn't painful. anticipate it being like that. And they dropped, there was a, it was a one take thing and they dropped it. And she just like, I thought I broke my neck. <laughs> she, she, she snaps. Even in the movie, you can see her head gets snapped back, back really hard. And then it looks like she gets waterboarded because it goes just like straight Up her nose. Her yeah. With nose. paint. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so we cut to her having an angry bath, which is a thing I can't say I've ever done. As a person who likes a bath, it's like probably bath does a bath more than average. I, I've never taken an angry bath. I've ne- yeah, I've I've never done angry bath or the like carry. I have to clean myself off after something terrible bath. Right, right. Um, but she's washing in motor oil to get the the gr- the tar and the grease off her. Um, and there's a splash transition. We we never we haven't had a fun transition in a while. 
Yeah, it was basically a star wipe. And then she comes downstairs and the kid's like, what cologne are you wearing? And she's like, regular unleaded. And I was I was out for a walk today coming back from my house. And just for a whole block, I smelled regular unleaded. I was like, gas, obviously. I just smelled gas. Yeah. But I was like whipping around looking for Elvira jumping <laughs> down the street. It was very weird. She's like, don't smoke. So she kicks the kids out. She's trying to get some with Bob and they're sitting like they, the girl, uh, Robin gets what she's putting down. So she leaves and we then cut away and cut back and Elvira and Bob are on opposite ends of like a 14 foot long couch, which is delightful. It's the couch uh, version of the, of Bruce Wayne's dinner table. Yeah. Yeah. And then the TV stops working. So it's like 2 a.m. Well, here's the thing. It was a midnight movie. Yeah. That movie is what? Hour and a half, maybe. Two, it's probably a two-hour block. So from midnight to 2 a.m. was that. Then Elvira had to have her bath, and then she had to kick the kids out. I think that I think she's taking a bath while the movie is on. So she's, like, coming downstairs around 12, 31 o'clock. No. The, I'm saying the Attack of the Killer Tomatoes was a midnight screening. Oh, oh, you're right, you're right, you're right, you're right, you're right. So uh, the midnight screening went till 2 a.m., then she yeah. had well, her... That's probably 1.30. Then they're probably home around 2. Then she takes the bath around 2. Yeah, here... And then... She kicks the kids out, and then the TV. Because I was like, "When did the, when did the TV turn off?" Because is it like four a.m. now? I yeah, I was I was under the impression that the TV turned off at like one, but but maybe it was more like three. Yeah. But anyway, it's 3 a.m. and he's like, I know this all night diner. And she's like, no, let me whip something up in the kitchen. She pulls out the cookbook and she just starts like flipping through it. She can't read it because it's in another language, but the character is dumb and doesn't get that. And she's like, oh, I'll make this casserole. And I'm like, okay, first of all, she doesn't make a casserole. She makes the thing on the stovetop. That's not a casserole. Casseroles are baked. <laughs> second of all, second of all, a casserole is like an hour. Like, like even a casserole where you're like, I throw some chicken and vegetables, I pour some soup in, I put some breadcrumb on top. You bake that bad boy for an hour. Do you this, really? I've never made a casserole. Are not, they're not like a quick, like anything baked is a long term bake. It's not like, you know, even when you make mac and cheese, it's like 45 minutes after you've cooked it in the oven. The oven takes forever. Hmm. Yeah, I, I just I don't make a lot of casserole. I don't either. But I just know that like when you bake a big tray of pasta or something, it's a long time. And I'm like, Elvira, eggs. You're making eggs. Yeah. You're scrambling some eggs. Uh, well, she, so she does know that it's written in another language because she's like, she, my aunt had a horrible penmanship and it's in another yeah, language. Yeah. Um, and it's a, so it's a spell book, obviously. She call, they keep calling it a recipe book, but it's a spell book. Right. Uh, and she makes cozerol, which is, she thinks is casserole with all the gross ingredients. And then it cooks and she's like, it smells good, but it looks terrible. So she covers it in spray cheese. Yes. She like does a decorative pattern of spray cheese and then sits on a bag of kettle chips and dumps those in. That brand has looked the same apparently since 1989. I was blown away by the kettle chips. I'm so glad we're talking about this. I, I had to pause it. I was like, time out. That's a bag of kettle chips, like kettle brand kettle chips. How is this a thing? It's, these chips are, I thought kettle chips were like mid nineties at the latest. I thought that was but a like, much more recent. But chip. their their brand and design hasn't changed. hundred percent. It looks not, the not exact same. I was like, that looks like yeah. I get it today at the store. Yep, yep. I was shocked by this packaging. Um. So she covers the pot and brings it to the table, and we get an excellent puppet. Yeah, really good puppet. I was not expecting a demon. I was expecting this to be like something they ate. I was expecting this to be the second scene. Oh. Was like they eat it and something weird happens to them. The demon genuinely shocked me and I laughed my ass off at them fighting this demon puppet out of a very beautiful, I'm pretty sure, La Crusade pot. So kudos was, to yeah. whoever worked on this and got to take that home because that's definitely why it was purchased. <laughs> 
Oh, gee, boss, we got to buy this $300 pot. Sorry. <laughs> uh, I mean, NBC backed the movie, so they wanted her to do a TV show, and she was like, you can't go from TV to movie, and like, I'm already sort of TV, but like, once I'm yeah. firmly in TV, I can't do a movie, so I have to do a movie first. And then NBC oh, was like, well, how about we back you in doing a movie, and then we return to a, to a TV show later. Elvira Fever, baby, that was the 80s. Y- yeah, I think that's great. It's like part of the thing with her is much the same with Dolly Parton, where I'm just like, good on you for figuring it out. Like, just like always moving forward, always seeming to be like finding a way to eke out. Obviously, Dolly Parton oodles more successful than Elvira. I'm not trying to compare them on equal footing, but it's just like, you know, I'll do this thing and that thing and this thing and that thing and just like always be working toward my end goal, even if I have to go like all these weird zigzaggy. Yeah. Like, like, yeah, I'll do a TV show. Let me try a movie. I'll do I'll host your horror show. I'll do your Knott's Berry Farm live Halloween show for 20 years or something like she's been. She has been Elvira for 40 years. Like, yeah, 40 years of being the same character. It's crazy. Right. Yeah. Pepsi commercials back in the day. So it was uh, Coors or, or chips she, or something. She was yeah. Coors. And then she got and then Coors got into a fight with her because they were assholes. And then Pepsi was doing mug root beer and something else. And they were like, we want you to promote yes. that. And she was like, OK, cool. So she did that. And then Coors kind of brought her back and then they they fired her again. OK. Well, anyway, they get this demon into the garbage disposal, which is a, is a great ending for a demon. Uh, and the dog steals the cookbook again and runs into the attic where we find a trunk with assorted bones and other witchy, witchy objects things. inside. Yeah. Uh, and then we get uh, her Aunt Morgana voiced by Tress McNeil, who was the anchor woman in the beginning. Oh, I didn't catch that. Okay. Yeah. Tress McNeil is currently Daisy Duck in all Disney stuff. Um, and she was mom from mom's friendly robot company in Futurama. Oh yes. You're right. You're right. You're right. Now I recognize. She's a very prolific voice actress. Yeah, definitely. She is voicing Aunt Morgana. Aunt Morgana is played by Elvira out of drag with her red hair, um, which is fun. And then they, yeah, I thought it was cool. They show baby Elvira and it's an actual, I laughed so hard at this dumb joke. I, it was so, I did like a, (laughs) like alone by myself. It is perfect. They show the baby and it is an actual, like real uh, infant baby. It's a real baby. It's a a human baby, a human baby painted to look like uh, Elvira (laughs) with a a tiny wig. Like, Uh I just, I want to see real babies like that. (laughs) Yeah. They very carefully like, evoke elvira without putting anything near the baby's eyes which is good they, but yeah. they, they do the like elvira coloring like the sort of she has this sort of like cat eye signature look that they kind of do up the baby's forehead with some like blush or something it's delightful it's so stupid i i, I would die to see a picture of the makeup artist putting it on the baby and just like the baby being so confused by what's <laughs> happening to it or they wait till the baby was asleep and then did it yeah just the do 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 yeah well it's it's sort of like two long food in that like in Tu Wong Fu the drag queens are always in drag which like that's not how yeah. that works in Elvira right, world right. Elvira has always looked like her face this just not, looks like she, that she, she yeah exactly she's not wearing makeup and a costume she, this is the a person that looks like this which is very funny to me I think if you did it now they would CGI adult Elvira's face onto the baby and it's a less funny joke no yeah I would rather them just CGI the exact makeup onto the baby y- yeah exactly 
Um, she. I also I also really like that the name of the orphanage is the Pick and Save Orphanage. That's a very Mel Brooks joke. <laughs> yeah, it's like hidden in the background. I was just watching Blazing Saddles for the first time in a very long time, and I picked up. I'm sure I've no. I probably have noticed it before. I don't remember, but the ice cream parlor is like one flavor. <laughs> Which I just. It's such like a stupid joke. I was like, that's great. And it's just in the background, right? Like it's not no one's no attention at or anything. It was just like yeah. Uh, so Elvira learns she's a witch and she casts a spell and someone's a snake and then she and Bob bone in the attic. Wait, what? I think I missed them getting down. I thought she was like, oh, the snake happened and then I, well, I missed that they had... The snake happens and then they like touch and they kiss and then he like leans into her as she goes back and she like looks at the... She like stares down the barrel of the camera and turns down the light and then we cut away. Oh, okay, I, I I missed. I must have been writing down a note. I missed the insinuation. I was too too distracted by the snake on fire. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so then we get the morality picnic. Yep. The potluck with again this 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 gorgeous La Crusade pot just like tucked in there. Everyone's brought some little dish. Edie McClurg makes the best face. This, the the food that they're eating looks like the feast of the Lost Boys in Hook. It it's does. It's stupid colors. Blobs. Yes. Uh. So Edie turns to a woman and goes, oh, I see you brought your famous Tic Tac pie and then makes this my favorite face ever. Where it's just like eyes wide, like, what the fuck are you doing, lady? <laughs> it's funny, too, because the idea of like a chocolate and mint pie sounds nice. But when like a grasshopper it's pie, it's just ho- yeah, it's just like such a gross idea that it'd be Tic Tacs. Uh, also, Edie gets to the La Crusade. She opens it and is like. Oh, what's this casserole somebody brought here? And she sticks her finger in it and then licks it. And I was like, yeah, screaming in terror. That should have been a spoon. What an insane choice. Yes, there's a spoon right there. Put it on your plate. Well, there's also a lot of buildup because Elvira thinks she's unleashing a demon onto the morality picnic. And it it lives to be a normal casserole. And she's like, like, I knew I shouldn't have replaced something with hamburger helper. Yeah, yeah. So all the adults eat the food, eat this enchanted casserole and turns everyone horny um Mm -hmm. and (laughs) patty is across from what's his name the real estate agent kurt fuller kurt fuller and he holds up a a hot dog just no bun just Uh, a hot dog it says remind remind you of anything and she picks up an empty taco shell and says remind you of anything and then picks up the hot dog with the taco shell and takes a crunchy bite (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's so stupid. It's delightful. And uh, everyone... And then I was kind of like, you know, it never occurred to me to do that, but you could put a taco, take a taco shell, put a hot dog in there and like load her up. It would probably be pretty tasty. Yeah, uh, the only problem is the structure, there's not a lot of structural integrity to a hard no shell taco. No structural integrity. No, no. A soft shell would be better. Dangerous. Dangerous food to eat. Yeah. Um, that's why I like what Taco Bell has them in the little cardboard holder. Mm. So that way you just need to you save the cardboard holder and then you can use them at home. Yeah, that's true. So the picnic. Also, if you warm them up, they're a little less prone to just just falling apart in your hands. I found. So, Put yeah, I have noticed that because when I get them from like Taco Bell or something and it's like in the car for a few minutes, um, mm. it's the seam is like just soft yeah. enough yep. that it doesn't crack. Yeah. Because I did, a few weeks ago, I had like a make your own taco thing, and it was like, I was freshly scooping all the stuff in, and I was like, there's no time Mm. for it to squish, so it's just crumble crackle. This is not the ideal way to eat a hard shell taco. We we do middle school tacos like once every 
six months or so, and I always throw them in the oven for a couple minutes, and they're 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 better that way. Huh? I'll have to remember that. It tells you to do that on the package. Well, do you remember does. the time that uh, one of our parents set the toaster on fire doing that? <laughs> I yes, I do now that you say that, but I did not remember that. And then no one remembered where the that we had a fire extinguisher except me. Yeah, exactly. So dad just like threw the whole toaster into the snow outside on the back deck yeah, and I was I like remember the I do remember that part. It was like, well, the problem is solved now. And I, I just like slowly stood up and opened the door and I was like, guys, <laughs> fire extinguisher. You taught me this. You taught me where this is in case of emergency. <laughs> I had to I learn. Remember? So the the picnic devolves into an orgy. And I love the part where Elvira and Bob come out of the bushes and this real old lady's like, hey there, hot stuff, dance with me. And she just pulls Bob away. He's like powerless to stop it. It's great. Because well, Bo- so yeah, Bob is just a hunky himbo. He is the yes. the boy version of every cardboard character, woman character yep. in a stupid movie. Because that's what yeah. she wanted. She was like, I just wanted right. a hunky dude who like could act enough. Right, right. It's it's the kind of thing where you're like, oh, this should have been Bruce Campbell, and then you're like, no, because then it would have been like too much spotlight on Bob. He would have been like, he would have been too good. He would have been very good at this. I would have I would have loved a movie, an eighties movie with Elvira and uh, and Bruce Campbell, but yeah, not exactly. this one. Yeah, I'd be fine with it now. Give me old Elvira and old, old Bruce. Bruce. Campbell. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, Palina, I the new Evil Dead. Put do that. Old Ash and old Elvira. Yeah, exactly. Stick Elvira in there. Um, I would be fine with this. Uh, sh- so Bullet Bra tries to take, tries to steal Bob, and she f- gets into a fight with El- like Elvira. Punches her, and her bra comes off, and we learned that she has no boobs. Yes, yeah, it was very funny. Very, it looked like a teenage boy and lady hands. I could, it, I couldn't figure out what they were doing, like how they did this, if it was two people or not. But it, I think she just shot. maybe the actress just happens to have smaller boobs. Yeah, maybe it. It looked. It looked non-existent, but maybe. Um, so the, all the morality council is upset. They're yelling at each other, blaming each other. And then Uncle Vincent shows up and he's like, well, we could burn Elvira as a witch. <laughs> I have no problem with the speed of this movie because like, if this movie was 10 minutes longer, I think it would drag. But it is wild how fast, like at, from this point forward, this movie is at 112 miles an hour to get to the it is a It is a tight 90. Yeah, but like the first 70 minutes or so are like well paced, but like they didn't, there's no hurry in them. And then the last 20 is like, we got 40 minutes of plot and 20 minutes to get there. <laughs> Buckle up, buttercup. <laughs> yes. Like, I think we could have pulled a little of the ending into the beginning middle, but you yeah, know. We ch- you could have put a few of those first 70 minutes into the last 20, but it's just delightful how insane it goes. Um, so they. And, like Uncle Vinny says we should arrest Elvira for witchcraft and we cut to her in jail. Like Yes. It is so fast. And they're as she's in jail, they're building a stake at which to burn her. Which I have to say, quote unquote contemporary like I know this is forty years old or mm-hmm. thirty years old. Thirty ish, yeah. Um but like something that's not set in like the sixteen hundreds doing the like funeral, like burn you at the stake yeah. pyre always just yeah, yeah. heebie jeebs me. Oh, yeah, it's super creepy. So she she sends Bob after the book, uh, which has, like, a funny bit of business where she keeps calling him back. Like, yeah. And the third one, she's like, hurry! And he's like, well, you, okay. And he, like, runs off. Um, Actually, I wonder if she ever met Mel, like, met Mel Brooks. 
she doesn't think it's not mentioned in her book but she met everybody he doesn't mention he he doesn't mention her in his book either i just read that and he doesn't mention her at all but it seems insane that they would not have crossed paths even just like casually you know yeah again people i wish would work together because like they are the exact right speed yeah yeah um so the kids sneak the teens sneak onto the roof of the jailhouse to try and free elvira in a plan that never would have worked thank god thank god they messed up yeah, they're they're like cutting a hole in the roof to to free her that way, and but they they do it they do it like Wiley e. Coyote they cut the they cut the roof in they cut the hole in the roof and there's around them part. yeah it's like no you freaking moron so as they're taking Elira out of the jail cell to like take her to burn her at the stake the kids on a circle of concrete crash <laughs> yes. through the cell next door and onto the floor I was like you would have killed her yeah you would have absolutely broken her neck. Meanwhile, back at the house, Bob finds the book, but then he gets uh, knocked unconscious by Vince and the goons. Uh, the um, dog has turned into a mouse and then gone to yes. the house and turned back into a dog. And the mouse has a little pink mohawk, which is great. So it annoys me that the Rottweiler doesn't have a pink mohawk. Yes, they put one, the Rottweiler should have pink mohawk. A little, just even, or like a little pink something, because the mouse had yeah, one, yeah. the poodle had one, the Rottweiler should have right. had one. I agree, totally. Um... There's a great p- moment where they they go to the police chief goes to burn uh, Elvira. She's tied to the thing, and Patty shows up and says, "What you're doing is wrong." And you're kind of like, "What?" And she's like, yeah. "It'll catch faster if you light it in several places." <laughs> I will say, I do think that this one thing that this movie is missing is that Vincent should have cast a spell when he brought up the witchcraft thing because this town goes from z- from like. We got to get this lady to move out. She's ruining our teens to let's literally burn her to death in the town square. And yeah. All, and celebrate in that fact. And it's like, I feel like if we had them under a magic spell, it makes this much better. I, li- I think that would, yeah, explain things a little better. And I, I like whatever. It's a silly movie and it's fine. It's like within the tone, but it's just like it's like a little tiny tweak that I think like makes the logic flow a little better. And then the Girl Scouts are roasting marshmallows on Elvira's funeral Such pyre. Such a good joke. Such a good joke. Literal little another literal laugh out loud. Really good stuff. Uh, and then El- another another Mel Brooksy type joke. Adam's her. family, Mel Brooksy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then Elvira ring ex machina and makes rain. <laughs> yes. Rain to put out the fire they're burning you at is pretty funny to me. Yeah. And then uh, Uncle Vincent comes out in his like demon priest robes, but like a cool demon face. Yeah, he's got he start he's like slowly transitioning into a ghoul. It's like I feel like every time we cut back, we just get like a little more longer glimpse of him and we see more and more of his face all messed up. Yeah, it's cool. So he turns he turns the council into pigs which is very funny to me and the, we never see like we never see them get unpigged but they do later show up I was they? Saying, they're in the end right yeah when they all we show up at her house see them yeah yeah so elvira the ring protects her from a blast from uncle Vinny, and then she points she like does a gesture and points like dramatically and, and it flies off her finger instantly yeah yeah right onto his hand um, he knocks Bob unconscious, so Elvira runs to the army surplus store she applied for a job in earlier, and I was like, oh, this is going to be a Rambo joke. And even though I knew that, it was still funny when she stepped out with a bazooka or whatever. She, it was she's like, country. she's instead of her dress, she's wearing like a little leotard with a with a mm-hmm. bandana around her giant hair, and she's got a, a, uh-huh. a missile launcher. Yeah, and she shoots it at him from like four feet away, and it has zero effect on him. So she runs away. Also, apparently, um, anytime you don't see Elvira's face in this movie, it's probably not her 
because she was like, oh. as we went to like start shooting, I realized that I had let myself be written into almost every scene of this movie, which oh. meant I didn't have any breaks or half days. So she, her friend Susan McNabb, who was dating Jerry Seinfeld, uh-huh. um, was her body double. She was like, we looked similar enough from like without faces that like anytime it's just like my hand or like my foot or something, it's her. And one scene where she's running away from the camera in this ending sequence. Interesting. I, I did not clock it, so good on him. Yeah, it, it, you can't tell. Um, so Elvira goes to a cemetery. It's an, it's more of the, like, clearly a stunt double where she, like, vaults yes. over the cemetery fence. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Very, very silly. Very. It's like the obvious stunt double stuff is great. Like, they do this joke a few times. Yeah. It's always, it always works. She, like, twists her ankle, and then she sort of sensually rubs her leg, which is very funny looking. <laughs> it's like a the movie takes a pause for her to, like, pose and, yeah. and rub her leg. Like, oh, no, whatever has happened to me? I've fallen down. And then uh, Uncle Vinny shows up and she throws her heel into his head. And he's like blinded and like throwing magic wildly. And then Elvira has to boob her way through the cemetery gates. Yeah, yeah. So the final showdown, we're at like we're at the house, uh, and she 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 gets a goon with a jar of I think leeches. I think they're leeches. Face leeches. Yeah, so he gets face leech, and then she's like up against a wall, and his arm comes through it, and we get this final destination axe that keeps like wiggling, <laughs> and I'm like, oh gee, I wonder what that's gonna be. It cuts Shrimp. his hand right off, which turns into like an evil dead hand situation. Stay tuned, by the way. Um, and then. The hands like crawling around, and she's she's kind of you know trying to get away, trying to think. She she stabs the hand with a knitting needle and pulls the ring off it, so she's got the ring back. And then we get a call. So earlier, Elvira was said made some crack about her aunt, and as she did that, she stepped on a loose floorboard that hit her in the butt. Yes. So now Uncle Vincent does that and hits him in the nuts. Yeah, great great Chekhov's loose floorboard. <laughs> Not one we've had often. So she uses the ring to defeat Uncle Vincent, and he disappears, and the house burns down, basically. There's a funny scene where the book is in, in a circle of flame, and she tries to get it a couple times, and then just like kind of shrugs and leaves. And I was like, there's like a bunch of stuff around you you could poke it out of that fire <laughs> with, but whatever. Uh, so that she's about to like you know make her exit, and the townspeople all show up, and they're like, well, no, so she's kind of stuck there, because she's her, the, oh, that's, her yeah, insurance that's, doesn't cover active demon yeah which is it's a pretty pretty it's a cute like, little right joke in, li, right in line with the movie um, so the townspeople are like oh my god we're so sorry and the, this is all kind of like yeah whatever but there's a really great joke from one of the townspeople and it's the dad of the nerdy boy who's been featured a lot uh-huh. and he says you've touched a part of my son that no one's ever touched and the boy kind of like mutters under his breath I wish <laughs> really got me i also love Good that business. patty patty shows up and she says i'm sorry that i set you on fire and everything in that <laughs> yeah, tone exactly right yeah yeah um so apparently the studio wanted the movie to end here and like when they were gonna cut vegas and she was like the whole movie i talk about i need to get money for vegas and go to Vegas. like yeah it can't end with like we'll buy everybody she's like i have to go to vegas like i have to do something yeah yeah, I was surprised that we saw the Vegas show. Like, it, it, it's a, because it's, like I said, so unlike anything else in the movie, it surprised me. But it it, it makes sense. Yeah, she does the There's uh, also, I don't, I don't know how, yeah, I don't know how prevalent this line was, but the owner of the motel says, shut up, you old bag, to his wife, which I feel like is I don't a think it's his wife. Prevalent, 
I thought it, I thought it was the the two motel proprietors, and they like take care of Robin. So it's it's Robin's dad and grandma, I think. Oh, okay. Well, he looks very old, so I assume yes. they were a couple. But it's just funny, like, shut up, you old bag, I feel like was a very common line in the 90s, and I wonder where the original one was. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, this is 89, so, or 88. Seinfeld says that exact line in the Marble Rye episode. That's right. And um, is that also also a Chris Farley line? I think it's in an Adam Sandler movie. I think it. I was. I think it's a Chris Farley line, but maybe it's a Sandler movie. It feels like right, that one of those two guys would say it. Yeah. Anyway, I guess we used to just call old ladies old bags all the time. Apparently, uh, and so we get to see Elvira's uh, Vegas show where she does her her whole routine. Yeah, she's you know doing some burlesque. She does like a talk rap white person rap song. It's so stupid. I love it. Yeah. She crashes through a, a a. She does the like football tunnel entrance through a banner of uh, her own face yes there's also a really weird thing where this starts and it's clearly elvira's face superimposed onto somebody else but then they cut to this really wide shot and i was just like why did why i don't that's what that that has always confused me because i don't know if it's just lit really weird i guess it could be but it definitely looks like really floaty and wiggly it looks weird but yeah, so she does her, her big routine, and, and that's the end of the movie. Uh, obviously, you recommend this. Oh, yeah, it's great. Films. It's a breezy 90. It's funny. It's well-written. Yeah. Everything makes sense. Yeah. it's I, 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 I Like I said at the top, I liked this movie. I didn't love this movie the way you do, and I totally see why you love this movie. Like It, it totally makes sense. I just want to um, be Elvira when I grow up. <laughs> I mean, I would like to host a host a horror movie show. I would I would enjoy the hell out of that. But yeah, she's, she's, like, she's got a very great grasp of this character which translates on screen very funny you know the, the the writing's good it's solid it's a kind of humor that we both really like so i really I, I did enjoy this and i would totally watch it again i just didn't you know just didn't just didn't go all the way to love i think like is a fine place to be but i would definitely recommend it if you've never seen it uh it's streaming a few different places now it's it's fairly easy to find mm-hmm. um with you know various subscriptions or to just rent individually but yeah it's it's solid apparently she did another one in the 2000s that's like unconnected but also it's elvira's Elvira. haunted hills it, they shot yeah. it in Romania, and apparently she was like, it was a miserable experience making it. I've never yeah. sought it out. I probably will at some point, but... Yeah, I was going to ask if you had seen that one, but yeah, she's still kicking around. She just did a big uh, anniversary thing recently on, I want to say Shudder, maybe? She did like a one-off uh, I think so. TV special. Um, so she pops up and around and does different stuff. It's, it, I, you know, like I said, she's 70. I love the longevity. Yeah. She, although, she still looks great. She's doing a great, you know, great work here. It's, I did hear her say, because I, I watched, I got to um, see like an interview with her for the book release. Mm-hmm. And she kind of offhand said, she was like, I don't, she was like, yeah, I don't know that I'm going to end up in the Elvira makeup again, but someone else probably will. Oh, And I was like, I was like, no, like, I get it. But like, yeah, that, I, don't, I don't, I don't, that doesn't work for you me. You need to so train someone else. Cause they, we just make a new character. Like Elvira could have a friend, but it doesn't need to be Elvira. Yeah, but apparently they tried it. They like wanted Elvira to sort of be like the Halloween mall Santa. Yeah, and they were like, oh, maybe we can have like Elvira's in mall. Like you can like take pictures with. And yeah, people just like didn't like. They were like, that's not Elvira. Right. Yeah. That's why. That's what I'm saying to you is like I don't. I don't think that makes any sense. I think it. I think that's like. Uh, more like it's not like recasting james bond that's more like recasting indiana jones which i think is a bad idea capital yeah. b capital i like yeah it's like cassandra peterson is elvira you could have someone else be elvira's friend mm-hmm. you know that's fine but it doesn't make any sense but yeah check this one out if you've not seen it um 
We are coming back in two weeks for my birthday pick, which will be uh, another foray into the 90s, but a big anniversary on one of my all-time favorite movies. Uh, tell you that in one second. That's, that's my big radio tease. Don't forget to check us out, uh, dissectingthe80s.com, at dissectthe80s on Twitter, slightly different. You can find us on Facebook. We love to hear from you there. Uh, listener request month's coming up soon, so start thinking about what you might want to call in and request from us. Yeah, uh, keep keep an ear. You know, start with the new with things. the new uh, year parameters. That's right. We have seventy eight to ninety two available for y'all, so don't don't forget that. Uh, and go head over to patreon.com slash dissecting the eighties, and you get all sorts of great bonus content. More than twenty hours at the five dollar tier. You sign up, you get an RSS feed that you can drop into whatever podcatcher you like. And then you can listen to our uh, bonus catalog there. So all sorts of fun stuff. At Christmas time, we had a Muppet Family Christmas commentary that I think is really fun. And uh, a Christmas episode, well, it wasn't about Christmas, but our Christmas episode was our thought-to-be-lost episode about Footloose, which also has video. If you'd like to see us do a live show, you could see it there. So patreon.com slash dissectingtheadies. We'll be back in two weeks, and we are discussing my all-time favorite, well, one of my all-time favorite action movies. I don't know if it's number one. Terminator 2. T2 3D. (laughs) Nope. Not that. Just Terminator 2 Judgment Day. Not the attraction at Universal. Uh, Don't get confused. Do not watch a rip of that. It exists. You're probably good. It's probably like, what, 15 minutes, 10 minutes? Yeah. I mean, watch it if you'd like, but that is not what the episode is about. We're not (laughs) doing it on the the Universal uh, stage show. But yes, uh, we're going to see Arnold and the shotgun and the motorcycle and one of my all-time faves. So until then, I have been Trip Lano. I will always be Andrew Lano. Until next time. Don't you forget about me. Dissecting the 80s is a chum some of this production. Ow.